This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey, friendships. Welcome to What Day Is It, a.k.a. your digital version of Happy Hour. I'm Bailey. And I'm Jackie. And we're here to bring you that perfect balance of juicy pop culture gossip mixed with valuable AF conversations to level up your life. Think of us as your digital BFFs, bringing you 100% realness. Yeah, none of that BS. So get ready to laugh, learn, relate, and celebrate not having it all together. P.S. It's not drinking alone if you're listening to What Day Is It. For a long, long time, it was an incorrect assumption that ADHD only impacts boys. Like you would think of it like this is for hyper little boys and you just like, it was like an entire generation of women just got skipped over. One of the other things that you see all the time and you hear all the time, I just posted a video about this, is that people say that everybody has ADHD and it's like, mm, in what universe does everybody have ADHD? No, I mean, it's true that a lot of people have intermittent difficulty focusing, but ADHD is so much more complex and multifaceted than that is. Friendships, we've tried this intro, I'm not going to lie to you, quite a few times. We're struggling today. I'm struggling. Not we. I'm struggling. Jackie's just along for the ride. Buckle up. Um, but this week's episode is great. We had such a great conversation, as you heard a little clip already, with Dr. Sasha Hamdani. She is a specialist in depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and ADHD. She is a psychologist and, or sorry, she's a board certified psychologist and ADHD specialist. And she also has ADHD herself, which she'll talk about a bit in the episode. So we really dive deep into this topic. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but my algorithm, my TikTok, my Instagram feed have been flooded with ADHD symptoms, what to look out for if you think you have ADHD. And so when I came across Dr. Sasha Hamdani, I was like, I need her on the podcast. I feel like so many people struggle with this and we get into this later, but it's often that women are diagnosed a lot later in life. But we also just talk about the basics, what ADHD is, the difference between ADHD and ADD, if there is a difference, common misconceptions about ADHD and what to do if you think you have ADHD all around amazing conversation, so insightful, so educative. Is that a word? Educational. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm I really glad I am. I'm not alone on the struggle bus today. That was When special, Bailey Jack. said she's on the struggle bus, I was like, wait, I haven't even spoken yet. Of course, I'm probably on the struggle bus. Educative. Is that a, I think it's a kind of word. Anyways, the episode was extremely educational. I love that uh, Dr. Sasha also has ADHD. I feel like that gives uh, an extra layer of like... What's the word I'm looking for, Bailey? Help me because I'm also on the struggle bus. It it makes it more relatable. Like she's been through it herself. She's also an ADHD specialist. She's not just a, a doctor talking about ADHD who hasn't been through it is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, she really breaks it down in a digestible way. It's not too intimidating or anything. So it's a great combo. Um, but before we get into that, Jackie and I always have to be a little dysfunctional first. I mean... We're really proving the point. Driving at home today. What did you do this weekend? Honestly, nothing. 
and I'm so glad I'm that's not true I did have the like me and Bailey hung out on Friday we gathered together finally you guys I've been trying to hang out with this girl and I'm sure she's gonna say the same about me for months we've made plans and canceled so many different times the thing is with Bailey and I's friendship is we see each other on zoom multiple times a week we text 24 7 we're always kind of caught up in each other's lives unless it's like the deeper things and so we don't really get together a lot but that doesn't mean our friendship is any less it was just so nice to get together on Friday and catch up on those deeper things that I don't really want to talk about on text and I missed her and I'm so excited for our upcoming trip next week I can't believe it's next week send help yeah this time when we're in your ear holes next week we will be in LA that's so true I'm I'm not ready back in our stomping grounds I feel like I just got back from my trip but yeah this past weekend I didn't do a whole lot I had a family Easter dinner um I really took it easy obviously the weekend prior I was on a drinking bender so this week I this weekend I didn't do much how about you when Jackie and I were hanging out I asked her I was like who is most dysfunctional on the bachelorette trip and she goes me (laughs) yeah I 100% think that I was but not in the way you'd think like you like I just feel like I'm I was the one that was drinking the most and I was the one that was like let's go and everyone else was kind of like well it's been four days and I was like one more (laughs) Jackie really goes big or goes home when she's on vacation Mm -hmm. I do I take I take vacation very seriously (laughs) I'm so excited for next week though I'm scared but no I'm excited it'll be a lot of fun we're not No, I was talking about you and liquor. Oh, no. I feel like it's going to be like, we're we're going to get a buzz, but we're not going to get drunk. We'll get a good buzz. Jackie and I need LA recommendations for restaurants because we've been having this conversation where every time we go to LA, we hit up, like we have our trifecta of restaurants. Yeah, (laughs) it's a problem. we need to venture out of it. And then I'm trying to think of places to go and I'm literally, but like this place is so good let's just go back here (laughs) no we are creatures of habit in LA so as we were talking on Friday when we met up and we were like well we agreed to go to Tom Tom to get our classic cauliflower wings one night we're only there for two nights we agreed to do it one night and I said the next night let's try something new what does Bailey DM me when I get home later that night what did you send me which restaurant I oh, said, let's go El Pasteo. Because it's so good. El we've only in our, if, and I was like, in our defense, we've only been there once. It's not like we go there every time. But there's so many LA gems that I feel like we're missing because we're just such I know, of habit. okay. But like, so, at least you know it's going to be the good mission. there. <laughs> yes, you're right. But then imagine about all the good things we're missing out on. I know. I'll tell you where we're not going, though. Mm-hmm. We're not going to fucking Craig's. No, we're not going to fucking Craig's for their do not one of yes, one of their gasoline cocktails. I don't want to be f- photographed out front pretending like I'm Kendall Jenner when I'm really like the budget version of her. <laughs> it's so awkward. Uh, I mean, she has red hair right now, anyway, so you can't even pretend. True. True. But yeah, guys, it's going to be a whirlwind of a couple weeks for Bailey and I. Like, we go to LA next week. I have a wedding the following weekend. And then we take off right away to New York for another work trip. And so hop along for the ride. We are going to, I'm sure, have some amazing stories. Hopefully, it's nothing to do with the airport and being accused of escort. Follow us on TikTok because maybe we'll post some content there that you don't see anywhere else. You know what I was going to say? If we get stopped at the border again, I'm just going to... 
literally plug our episode and say please like to the board of security i'm just gonna be like go to episode i don't even remember which one it is and listen oh. listen to our episode <laughs> it was and save yourself this two hours with alexis haynes part save one Save this two hours of you interrogating us and just listen to this 45 minute an hour podcast and let us go please and make our flight uh yeah i mean we're professionals at this point if it happens tell them what you texted me i'm sorry i'm on a rant i feel like i'm in a mood bailey texted me that mercury in retrograde is when we're away oh fuck it literally well not for la it literally starts the day we land in new york and i was like this can't be good because mercury in retrograde fucks with two things travel and communication which we're going to travel to communicate on podcasts oh no pray for us send your prayers now oh no 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 yeah i know so uh we'll see we'll see but um it'll be fun i'm excited we haven't done a pod trip in quite a while together i think it was like november i think no september right before i moved oh Mm -hmm. damn wow yeah it's been a hot minute so that'll be fun i'm excited for our episodes who we're chatting with stay tuned but yeah that's pretty much the juicy goss we got unless you got something else no i have nothing else to offer enjoy the episode friendships um before you enjoy it, though, if you do, make sure you screenshot it and share it on your story. I feel like this conversation is something someone is dealing with in your life. So just share it. Enjoy the episode, friends. Okay, friendships, we are here with Dr. Sasha Hamdani, and we're going to kick it off with an icebreaker. So, Sasha, or would you prefer us to call you doctor? Oh, I don't care. Either one is fine. Okay. <laughs> I love your energy. You're just like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You're like, feels, I love it. <laughs> I found you on TikTok. So we want to know, what is the first thing you notice about people online and in person? The first thing I notice, um, can it be kind of shallow? Of course. Of course. Yeah, it's teeth. It's always teeth. Me too. And I think it's probably because I'm a little bit, I was a little bit and still am a little bit self-conscious about my teeth. Like, I feel that like they're a little small. And so like when I know that- You have beautiful teeth. Thank you. I mean, these are- And I'm not just saying that, I swear. These are fake because I, when I was 18, like an adult, full on adult, I wanted to show my dad that I could do a somersault and I smash my face into my knees and killed off my front two teeth. And so then like, oh and an adult, like I knew better. So like they replaced them and they've always been a little bit, I think on the small side. So when I see other people like these big, beautiful white teeth, that's like the first thing I noticed. I'm a big teeth person as well. So I pay attention to, I've definitely said that on the podcast before. I noticed right away if you have nice white straight teeth. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Thank God my parents gave me braces when I was 12. You guys have great teeth. Okay, so we're obviously going to dive in and talk about ADHD, but how did you get into this field? Kind of tell us what you do and all that good stuff. Yeah, so um, in, in the field in terms of social media or the field in terms of psychiatry? I would say psychiatry and then like how you maybe took that and started using it on TikTok and things like that. Yeah. So, um, so I'm a board certified psychiatrist and an ADHD clinical specialist. I, um, my mom's a pediatrician 
And so I knew from a pretty young age that I, I actually wanted to do exactly what she did. So I went into medical school wanting to do pediatrics. And then as I progressed through medical school, um, I just, you know, I wanted to work with kids and I also, um, really wanted to be in Austin. <laughs> so I wanted to go to South by Southwest. So there was a rotation on child psych in Austin at that time. And I was like, perfect. Um, and it turns out that I got in there and I absolutely loved child psychiatry, fell in love with it. Um, and ended up switching from pediatrics into psychiatry. And then it just kind of felt natural because I had ADHD to kind of focus more on that as a clinical path. And then that's, that's how I ended up in psychiatry. Um, and then social media, I just kind that was an accident. I think I, I, I just kind of got on there because during COVID everybody was on TikTok and Instagram. And, um, when, when I was seeing patients remotely, they would hold up their phones to the camera and be like, I have ADHD because of this video. And I was like, no, you do not. Cause that's the dumbest video I've ever seen. But so like it started off initially as a way to um, just counteract bad information. But then the more I got on it, the more I realized, you know, there's actually some amazing and very helpful information on here. So then you just kind of immerse yourself in like every other human on the face of the earth, you just get kind of lost in it. And that's what happened. Okay, wait, I want to talk about this bad video. What was it telling people were symptoms or signs of ADHD? Um, I, I will tell you exactly what it was. Um, it was a video that said, if you sneeze multiple times in a row, that you're neurodivergent. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, no. But then like part of me, my brain was like, wait, I do sneeze multiple <laughs> times in a row. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. no. Yeah. But then you're like, logically, you're and like, you're like no. I have to fix this. No, I no, have no, to get no. on TikTok immediately to fix this. <laughs> okay. It's so funny how we're so like our attention span is just so quick to believe something that we see. It, yeah. And you do have to step back and kind of like even how you were just saying, you're like, wait, I it's wild. Do you how do you think or I mean, obviously you probably know how is social media affecting our brains? Um I don't know. That's a broad question. Um I can tell you that in terms of I mean, if you if you took TikTok as an example, right? I think that social media in general is all about how you use it, right? Because there, I mean, if, if you're utilizing, and that's probably true of a lot of things, but if you're utilizing this as kind of like an escape or as a, a thing that you get dragged into and then you lose hours of your day doing it, then yeah, it's probably not super productive. If you're using it as a way of like expressing creativity and, um, you know, getting reputable information and things like that and, and just kind of, in a measured capacity, then it could be really wonderful. It just it just kind of depends on your utilization. I agree with that. Yeah, I think we're both on board with that. Okay, I want to go back to when you said someone brought in this video and you were like, absolutely, immediately, no, you're done. Um, let's talk about the misconceptions of ADHD because I feel like there's so many out there and I'm sure it's a long answer to this question, but like, what are the most common misconceptions when it comes to ADHD? Um. I can tell you that one of the biggest ones, and I think one of the most damaging ones, there are, there are a lot, but I think one of the most pressing ones that comes um, in relation to women is that uh, for a long, long time, it was an incorrect assumption that ADHD only impacts boys. Like you would think of it like this is for hyper little boys. And you just like, it was like an entire generation of women just got skipped over. 
Um, and so I think that that is probably the one that I think about most, but, but the other thing that like, there's tons of, them. um, one of the other things that you see all the time and you hear all the time, I just posted a video about this is that people say that everybody has ADHD and it's like, mm, in what universe does everybody have ADHD? No, I mean, it's true that a lot of people have intermittent difficulty focusing, but ADHD is so much more complex and multifaceted than that is. And it's a clinical disorder. And I'm not using the, the, the terminology disorder lightly. I mean, I think it impacts you on a day-to-day basis and it's, it's classified under the American disability act. It's like, it's, it's not just a, I, I can intermittently not focus if they're, if I'm doing something boring, like everybody has that. What are some actual symptoms to look out for that? Like would be signs that you do have ADHD, but are undiagnosed. Um, I can answer this question to the best of my ability, but what I will preface this with is that again, ADHD is multifaceted. So the thing that makes clinical diagnosis tricky and important that you see a professional about it is that you're amalgamating a lot of different parts of information, right? You're, you're looking at their medical background. You're looking at their psychological factors. You're looking at their psychiatric factors. You're looking at medication. You're tying in tons of different small pieces of information, which is partially why I'm like all of those online tests are garbage to me. Are there like certain kind of predispositions that people might have that kind of make them more likely to have ADHD or? Well, ADHD, it like inherently is a genetic, there's a high um, heritability with it. So, you know, if you have parents with it, there's a a pretty high genetic likelihood that you have it too. Um, Is that the question you were asking? Kind of. Yeah. I just like wonder kind of what makes someone more likely to have it over others? And if that is genetics, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That is genetics. Um, that's, that's, it's a neurodevelopmental thing. But then it's also like, how do you know if it's like from your mom's side? Cause women don't get diagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that, um, I, I would say that, um, it, just because someone isn't diagnosed, doesn't mean that they don't have signs and symptoms, right? So there's a huge population of people that um, were part of that skip generation. So, and it it gets increasingly harder for them because then, you know, if they weren't diagnosed in childhood and maybe they go later and they're like, you know, I think I really have this um, and they try to get diagnosed. And then a doctor is like, well, you weren't diagnosed with it then. So you definitely don't have it now. So it's, it's, doesn't mean that they don't have it. You know, when you're looking at, at, um, just collectional stuff, the other thing that makes it kind of harder to assess is that I think it's as we get older and as we start to kind of figure out what's going on, we get better at hiding stuff. So not even intentionally, like you just mask your symptoms because you're like, this isn't going to (laughs) work. So so I'm just going to not do this. And so it, 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 it just obscures the picture further because then your symptoms don't look as severe when maybe they are. Maybe you're putting a lot of time and energy into kind of hiding them, whether that's intentional or not. Yeah, that's so interesting you say that because why I kind of found you is my sister has been going through the process of seeing if she has ADHD and she's been doing some testing. And one of the things her doctor, our doctor gave her was a form to fill out and she sent it my way asking for me to evaluate it for her. 
and all the questions first of all none of the questions I thought would be like the typical questions for ADHD and all of them I felt like I identified with so I was like oh no oh no are we diagnosing myself through you and I told my sister like I feel this way completely but have I just been living this long with it that I've learned to completely function as a normal human or like to the best of my ability so I fully agree with that and I'm so curious to hear more of back from the questions we ask yeah Bailey go ahead before we go on can we explain what ADHD is actually in case some people are wondering or have it confused with something else like can you kind of explain like what ADHD is yeah, so ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And it's it's just like we talked about a little bit in the beginning. It's a neurodevelopmental condition that impacts um, focus amongst a lot of other things. But the DSM, which is kind of our um, uh, the way that we diagnose people, the list of criteria to meet a diagnosis indicates that it has to do with a spectrum of inattention. So difficulty paying attention, obviously hyperactivity and impulsivity, and it could be a combination of those. It could be one versus the other. Um, and there are three different types of ADHD. So there's inattentive, hyperactive, and then combined type, which is obviously a combination of the two. Well, could you, could you break each down for us? Yeah. So inattentive is this stuff, um, kind of like the, you know, space cadet person that you've you know, that you may, may have encountered. And this is typically what women get diagnosed with, um, difficulty in terms of initiating tasks, difficulty, um, with maintaining focus, maintaining conversations, difficulty with organization, difficulty with losing. I'm smiling because it sounds like me. (laughs) losing things necessary difficulty with, um, maintaining daily routine, like walking out of the house and being like, did I brush my teeth? I don't know. So stuff, stuff like that, where it's primarily inattentive, whereas hyperactive, you see more of like the physical restless signs. So fidgeting difficulty, staying in your seat, maybe both verbally and physically impulsive. Like a lot of times you have difficulty, like, you know, you can see people who are really like physically impulsive, like touchy, like for kids who are like, they don't keep their hands to themselves. You can see um, things like difficulty blurting out and answering conversation or interrupting or things like that. That's more the hyperactive. Then combination is where you get a combination of the two. Okay. Sorry. Let's go back to the symptoms to look out for that might actually be signs that you're undiagnosed with ADHD. There's so many. I know from watching your TikTok, there's so many. So basically the ones that I would say are the ones that we just kind of went over. Those are the big things that you kind of look out for. Um, There are other criteria, not criteria, but there are other things, other facets of ADHD that aren't normally talked about, but they're not part of the diagnostic criteria. Like a lot of people talk about emotional dysregulation that happens with ADHD. A lot of people talk about rejection sensitivity that happens with ADHD. A lot of people talk about, um, Impulsivity is a part of it, but like, especially in terms of spending or, or more um, harmful and detrimental behavior. Um, but, but those diagnostic criteria are really the things that you focus on. And, and then again, you're looking for, has this been a consistent pattern? Is this not like, oh, things have been really stressful in the past two months and now I've just had this. Has this gone on since childhood and you've noticed this kind of pattern of behavior um, because that's going to make a big difference. 
can can we talk about the difference between ADHD and ADD? Because I hear these two words often and they sound so similar. People, I feel like, tend to get them confused. So if you could just differentiate them for us. They're the same thing. Oh, well, <laughs> the same the thing. Software? Yeah, so ADD is, is an outdated term. So right now, um, ADD previously was basically what they're calling ADHD inattentive type. And I don't totally agree with the terminology right now because I think it's kind of confusing Um, because I think a lot of people can have ADHD and not be hyperactive. And I think the name is a little bit confusing on that front, but yes, ADD was the previous terminology of what you would call the inattentive type. Now I get that question all the time. Do you from, obviously you probably know the answer. Is it true that you can develop anxiety and depression from not being diagnosed with ADHD as a kid? And as you grow up, um, I have beef with the wording of that. <laughs> so, okay, please but, correct but, me, please. <laughs> no, I mean, I have beef with that because like, can you develop anxiety and depression from not being diagnosed versus can you develop ADHD? I mean, can you develop anxiety and depression from being untreated to get the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So I, I think that where getting diagnosed, I mean, it, like, yeah, it gives you some clinical data, but I think the important part is, is managing and treating your ADHD. And so, yes, with untreated ADHD, you're at a higher likelihood of developing anxiety and depression as well. So what are some ways or like that people can support themselves if they have ADHD? Yeah. So I think that like initially that again, I, I, go back to the fact that I think that it's really important to have a professional look at you because they're also going to be important in kind of facilitating and helping you come up with a plan, but how to achieve what you want to achieve and how, what steps to go about that. And they can look at the clinical severity and be like, "Uh -uh, I don't think that's going to work. Let's do this. So I think that's really important to have a trained eye on things because it is complicated, right? And if you have on top of that anxiety and depression, sometimes it's really important to figure out the priority in which you want to address things um, in the safest possible way. Um, but when people ask me that question, they immediately assume I'm going to say medication and, and medication, super helpful. It's, it was really, it's quite literally the only thing that got me through medical school. Um, and got me to this point, I believe, but then there's also like, there's some people that don't need medication or need medication for a small amount of time. And then they transition off of it. Um, and so I think that behavioral management and therapy and those kind of things are so incredibly vitally important. Um, and so that's, that's, I think there's a lot that you can possibly do in terms of, um, in terms of how to manage your symptoms. What? I know we talked about obviously that it's harder to diagnose or it's been predominantly not diagnosed in women, um, in the history, but how is it moving forward? Like, have you seen changes in that? Where do you want to see it go? What can women do to advocate for themselves? Sorry, that was like three questions. (laughs) No, I got it. Um, I think, I, I think it's moving in the right direction for sure. I think people are getting more aware of symptomology and I think through social media and things like that, one of the first things that happens with a diagnosis like this is that you build awareness. And, and the other thing that happens with that is by building awareness and talking about it more, you break down stigma, because I think that's a huge barrier to care. 
like a lot of people are like, I, you know, I've dealt with it for so long and I don't want that stigma of having to be treated or having to go to a psychiatrist or something like that, which is, you know, I understand it, but at the same time, it's like, mm, I wish everybody had a psychiatrist. <laughs> um, but I think that we're definitely heading in the right direction. I think um, what people could do to advocate for themselves better is, and I tell this to every single patient I have, you are the one who knows what's going on in your brain. You are, and the job of the practitioner is to take and interpret the information that you're giving them. So what I say, some of the best tools to help yourself is one, if you feel like there's something wrong, telling someone that there's something wrong, talking to your doctor, but two, also keeping like data about what is happening in your brain. Because if you go to a doctor and they're like, how long has this been going on? You're like, I don't know. How bad is it? I don't know. Like having like just tangible data points. Like I know this started at this point, or I remember it going back as far as this because of this. I, this is an example of when it was really bad. This is when I feel like it gets worse. Like having those tangible points of information make it a lot easier to come up with not only a diagnosis, but like a treatment plan moving forward, because you're trying to synthesize information in a way of like, when is this impacting you? How is this impacting you? What could potentially help? What point do you kind of, because I know you said not everyone needs to go on medication and I totally get that it's going to be very individualized, but what is kind of that point where medication would be like really needed and like, what would the quality of life for someone look like at that point? Um, it depends. It really depends because it depends on, you can't, like, you can look at a person and you can look at their level of dysfunction, but you really don't have a conceptual way of knowing what's happening in their brain. Right. So they could be pretty put together and they could like, look like they have it all together. They have a good job. And like internally, it's like dumpster fire after dumpster fire. It's like, I don't it, like, it's just, they are in total chaos. So I think it really depends on how the person wants to treat it. If they're like, I want to try therapy first and I want to do it on its own. And then if I need to try medication, maybe I'm willing to do that. Or if they're like, I think I need to do medication in conjunction with therapy, um, because I need I need to focus enough in order to build those new skill sets. It, it it just depends on the person. Do you feel like, or I can't? I I don't know why I'm saying. Do you feel like when you know these answers? So just ignore <laughs> that, okay? I went on a bachelorette. I was on a bachelorette trip this last weekend, so I'm lacking in brain cells. Okay, <laughs> so um, for the reason that women get misdiagnosed or don't get diagnosed for so long, is that because they only studied? boys males no No. what is the reason (laughs) then that I think it's I think there are a lot of reasons I think that it's because males predominantly um presented with this combined or hyperactive type so they were in everyone's face and everyone's business and ruining the school setting so like when you have a kid like that you the teacher is going to be like okay we got to do something about this. So really those were the kids that were being evaluated and being seen. Whereas in attentive type, they're really not causing problems like to themselves. Yeah. But nobody else. And so they kind of skate along the system. The other reason is that, you know, girls, when they're going through puberty, and I mean, this is gross, but it's true. Like when they're going through these kind of hormonal changes, you know, they, there's like this, 
old trope where you think about like, oh, you're these teenage girls are going crazy. They're full of hormones. They're so moody. They're they can't get life together. Um, and so a lot of ADHD symptomology when when you know hormones hit and and mood swings hit, it would get cast aside as they're just having hormonal changes. Like they're just hormonal. And I don't think um, boys have that problem as much. I think it's, it gets placed on girls. Um, and then I also think that girls are just, they, there's this overwhelming societal pressure that they should fit in and kind of toe the line. And so I think that masking just happens from a young age. They're like, okay, I can't fidget. I can't do all of this stuff. So they learn to kind of like be on the straight and narrow and okay I wanted to talk about masking you just brought it up so it's like makes me so excited but like what are signs of that like what are people maybe masking subconsciously because I I don't know why like sometimes I kind of find myself doing things like that or like mirroring someone almost or and I'm like wait what is happening because I am way more self-aware than I was years ago and I'm like have I always done this like what's going on right so I mean masking so for the record, um, neurodevelopmentally, we look at other people's behaviors and, and mannerisms and we start to mimic them. That's like our uh, relational kind of thing. And that's how we see other people and do that. When I'm just, when I'm talking about masking, I'm talking about intentional or non-intentional ways of hiding or obscuring symptoms. So if you are fidgeting, like shoving your legs down so you don't you're not restless or jumping them around if you are um verbally impulsive going out of your way not to say anything in a meeting just like when you have something to say you're like "Mm -mm, can't control this i'm gonna just like clam up when you are doing things like when you are having like like dysfunction in terms of you're not really understanding what people are saying. Like if they're giving you verbal instructions, instead you're just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Like that kind of stuff looking like you are understanding what's going on when you're masking symptoms. Right. And I mean, that's common. That's common. So interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good kind of segue. I know you said that females tend to have, or girls when they're younger have inattentive ADHD. Can we talk about the different ways that ADHD shows up in women then? They show up the same ways as in men. Okay. I mean, like the symptoms are the same. It's just that, you know, I feel like um, men are typically more hyperactive, but when men have the inattentive symptoms, it looks the same as in women where they're inattentive, difficulty maintaining focus, difficulty carrying out tasks. If you give them multi-step tasks, they, you know, it's hard for them to, they like forget two or three, or they forget the order, difficulty with organizing things, difficulty with um, just forgetting things. Like, did I shut off my straining iron did I do this did I you know that kind of stuff forgetting to do stuff of daily routine those are all those are all symptoms and you can see that in men too it's just um you know women don't typically don't typically present as hyperactive or combined type but I think a lot of those are coming out of the woodwork too and friendships we're saying men and women but also I want to like be inclusive and note that non-binary obviously fall into this as well Mm mm-hmm um, do you find that one over the other masks more? Like, do you find that women tend to mask a bit more? Uh, yeah, probably, probably. 
feel like we're Probably. more aware. I, I, yeah. And, and also I think that there, again, like what I was saying about the societal pressure, I don't mm-hmm. think that the same contextual pressures that, that I don't think men have that. Well, there's like boys will be boys. They're expected to like really? wrestle and do shit. And then women are supposed to be like this proper, like that's what we've been told. So yeah, that's kind yeah. of why I was thinking that might be the case. Um, yeah. Oh, I had a question. I just lost it. <laughs> it. That's on brand. Very yeah. on brand. <laughs> yeah. Say someone's listening to this podcast and they're feeling like, oh, like a lot is resonating with them and they want to do some. This was my question. Perfect. <laughs> there you. we go. <laughs> They want to do some more research into it and say they dive deeper and they find like, oh, I have a lot of symptoms. I should probably go get evaluated or do something. What are their next steps? What should they do? How should they move forward? And what should they not do? Because I feel like there's so much damaging information out there. So let's go with both sides. We'll follow you on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Step one. Um, No, I think. I think one of the most important things about this entire journey, like no matter where you're starting is to educate yourself. Right. And, and to, to start that. And I think like later in adulthood, when I was trying to figure this all out about myself, that's one of the most important things because I'm like, I, I need to know what's happening in my brain. So whatever way you find you learn the best, like whether that's reading articles or whether that's looking at social media or whether that's, you know, just make sure you're getting it from a reputable source. Like not just like you want to, you want to someone who understands the neuroscience behind things and is giving you good evidence backed information. I think that's really important. Um, But then, I mean, if you get to a spot where you're like, well, I think it is ADHD or I'm concerned that it, it may be, Again, I think talking to a professional is really important. And when I ta- when I say a professional, I'm talking about you can go to a therapist, you can go to a primary care doctor, you can go to a psychiatrist. And I understand entirely that access to care is horrifying. Like it is a huge problem. Um, so I understand that that's not available for everyone. But if it is, trying to figure out someone who can guide you through that process and if you have your say in the situation, I tip it, and I'm biased because I'm a psychiatrist, but I typically tell people to go to a psychiatrist if you can, just because, you know, you've gone through medical school. So we know the medical background, we've gone through residency. So we have done the psychological training with, uh, we are the best versed in psychiatric medication and diagnoses because we spent our entire residency after medical school, just doing psychiatry and doing things in that realm. So we're the best trained in that area. Not to say that other specialties and stuff, there's some practitioners that are fabulous and absolutely wonderful at treating this like complex um, condition, but honestly, they probably got there on their own. Like it's not that their program or that they, you know, that they had a lot of training in it. It's because they, they went ahead and they learned that on their own, which is incredible. But, but if you're looking like, just in generalities, I think psychiatrists are really well-trained in that. Thank you. Okay, we have one more question for you. It's totally not on topic. It's just something we always end the podcast with. So we want to know what is a current obsession. It can be a book, a podcast, a snack, a TV show, a beauty product, literally anything. I feel like I have so many. Oh, list them all. We're curious. So (laughs) cyclical. Okay. Favorite TV show. I just finished it yesterday and it's like, it's not my favorite of all time, but this is what I was binging and like so happy 
to end my day to start and watch um, was The Dropout. Really oh, loved okay. it. Okay, I um, haven't watched that yet. Really? I've seen the documentary though. You have to. So, such so an interesting good. story. It's so, so good. It's so good. And and she does such a good job in it. Um, my other obsessions right now are um like literally this week I got super into quinoa, which I've never <laughs> oh, done. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I and I in the, <laughs> in the how, how do you make it? What are you using it in? Like a bunch yeah, of stuff? So, Give us like a recipe. <laughs> yeah. So I um I do chicken well I mean I don't do it <laughs> but I um, love the honesty thank you I have yeah so I have I, I don't know if you guys know this so but I have two toddlers um so I have a two and a three-year-old um and so we have a nanny here and she actually made it one day for them and I just like kind of hoovered up their leftovers it's like oh hold up this is awesome <laughs> she made it with chicken stock and she put like cucumbers in it and tomatoes and black beans and I was like okay I've been eating it literally every single day for every meal for like four days um that yeah so that's my that's watch my Jackie thing. and I start making quinoa salads I'm starving <laughs> right now so it's it was like shockingly good mm. and I'm not a healthy eater so this was big for me <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you so so much for your time and your energy this was incredible yeah. and so informative let everyone know where they can follow you your tiktok your instagram if you have a website all that find your book all of that oh and my book <laughs> oh yes sorry um, so um no so on social media on instagram and tiktok uh, my name is the psych doctor md so um doctor is d-o-c-t-o-r um md but you can type in my name and i'll come up um, and then, yeah, I do have a book coming out called self-care for people with ADHD. Um, but that's not coming out till January, but you can pre-order it now. And I, I literally wrote it because I was like, <laughs> this is what I would have wanted to read when I was in medical school, going through it on my own. So I think it's a good starting point. And it's not like, I, I literally thought about every single line in it. Cause I'm like, I don't want it to be boring. I don't want it to feel preachy. I just wanted to be like if I was having a conversation with you. So it reads very conversationally and it's really like teeny tiny, like two paragraph chapters. Love. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah. we'll link the pre-order for our friendships and we'll link all your social handles as well. So, so thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me, girls. All right, friendships. I know that episode was so insightful, so educative slash educational, whichever way you want to say it. Don't forget to screenshot it and share it to your stories. Follow us on Instagram at what day is it podcast. Hit that follow button on the Spotify app or the Apple podcast app. Leave us a review. If you're feeling extra nice today, go follow Dr. Sasha and share. Did I shop our new merch? Our new merch is live. So go to what day is it podcast.com friendships. We have teased it on our social, but the whole collection is up there now. If you have listen. This is serious conversation, okay? Heart to heart right now. If you have a bachelorette coming up, this is the merch you need because we have the One Who collection and Jackie took these on the bachelorette trip she was just on and there's like the one who's getting married, the one who buys shots for the group, there's the one who goes to bed at 9 p.m., the one who complains about missing their dog. Like there's literally... 
a t-shirt for everyone in the group. So check it out. It's all available now at whatdaysofpodcast.com along with a whole bunch of other fun summer, spring pieces that you need to check out. So whatdaysofpodcast.com and use the code WDII20 for a little discount. I wanted to say there's some really funny hoodies in there to wear to your workplace when you absolutely fucking hate your workplace, but you have to go anyways. That's all I have to say. Like Bailey said, WDII for 20% off. I, I'm literally wearing the I hate it here hoodie repeat multicolor right now. And that seems <clears throat> and that seems to be the best seller so far. It's doing well. People are loving it. And I feel like it looks happy enough that you can get away with wearing it to work and saying a big F you to your boss without saying it. So we're not going to be liable for anybody getting fired because of our merch. Just want to put that out there. So maybe take Jackie's advice with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. But still buy the merch. You can wear it other places like when you're hungover or true. to the gynecologist or yes, that's the true. dentist, you know? So yeah. hilarious. Okay. Friendships. See you next. What day is it? Wednesday. Toodaloo.